This podcast is brought to you by NetBank. Whether you're thinking of franchising your business, buying into or revamping your franchise, stay tuned for tips on how to grow your brand and portfolio. Welcome to the NetBank Franchising Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Xuan. Today in the studio, we have Jerome Curry. Jerome is from Aditio24. Jerome, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for having me. Jerome, first question, what does the name mean? Because I tried to Google it and nothing came up. Please explain to us. Well, you're not going to find anything because it means absolutely nothing. Um, the, my partner who started the business, Charlie Liacidis, opened his first store under the name of Andiamo. And there was an objection from another restaurant down in the Western Cape. And at that time, uh, budgets were very tight and decided to make the cheapest change so he kept the first few letters and changed the the end (laughs) wow but before we get into that i just want to let's just go back a little bit tell us about like when you grew up um did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs my my late father was was a businessman um he was uh came from very came from very humble beginnings uh but he's always been a trader so he's had many businesses Uh, he had service stations a garage in Mayfair, um, went into bookmaking. Bookmaking? Horse, yes, horse racing business. Ah, okay. Um, and thereafter, it developed uh, shopping centers. We built the first shopping center in Midrand. I, I remember that uh, listening uh, to an interview a while ago, uh, Charlie, um, he, he had a, he had a, he had a pizza place that was next to a nightclub, which is no longer exists. I've been to the nightclub myself, and that's actually how I found out about this place. And um, he came up with this idea, and he said that night they sold about a few hundred pizzas, and the idea just came about. But you joined the company, um, the company started in 2008, am I correct? That is correct. And you joined them in 2011. So just walk us through how did that happen? So Charlie did have an Italian restaurant and a fish restaurant uh, out in North Riding. Um, Restaurants both did very well with a nightclub, as you correctly say. Um, He was battling to close the restaurant, the Italian restaurant, at 10, 11 o'clock at night. There were stragglers that kept walking in. So he decided in order to get a bit of a, a decent life that he would close the restaurant. He portioned off about six or seven square meters of the Italian restaurant installed a pizza oven, put in one of his best staff members in there, and any straggler that came in after 10 or half past 10, directed them to that little pizza shop, if you want to call it that. And uh, he realized that there was a demand for late night casual dining, and that's how it started. So it was more by uh, default than design. Okay, so you joined him in 2011. What was your big drive of joining this company? Because I believe you worked in, or still in uh, financing uh, for over three decades. So how did that come about, the partnership? Uh, My main business, core business, is a company called Acacia Finance. We've been around for close to 40 years. Financed uh, mainly to SMEs, uh, retailers, supermarkets, and many restaurants. So we've franchised... Uh, both independent and franchise restaurants, as I say, for for 37 years, I think it is. Um, when you're financing any entity, you need to have an integral knowledge of that business. You need to understand it. So I've come to understand the, the food industry, hospitality, through financing them. And Charlie was introduced to me by his uncle, and he came to me for a bit of advice on franchising. 
at the time he had three stores um, and he thought uh, the time was right to go the franchise route. Um, with me having the knowledge he approached me and when I saw his model and I wasn't aware of it at the time I was so impressed that I hounded him until he sold me 50% of the business. Okay. What were you impressed about the business after? Because three stores is not a lot to start franchising. I think uh, there's quite a few things that, that impressed me. Firstly, okay. uh, the systems and controls. Being a 24-hour model, mm. uh, you need to have very strong systems and controls because the owner is not physically able yeah, to be can't. in the store for yeah. 24 hours of the day. So from an account, accounting point of view, that impressed me very much. And then the most important thing for me was the actual product. I think that he had developed a product, a re the recipes that were unique in the market. Um, I'm, I was very mindful at the time that the pizza offering in South Africa was saturated. There was a, a very big oversupply, in fact, still the same today. So to enter the market and to grow a fledgling business, you, you would have to be something different, unique. Um, so the, the, the USPs that, that, that attracted me were definitely the product, the quality of the product, the ability to create your own pizza, so you could put whatever you want on the pizza. So was that, was that, was that uh, the idea right in the beginning to create your own pizza? It always was. From the first store? From the very first store. W why? why? What was the reason behind it? Because that is so different. It is different and again we very in tune with our customers so when Charlie had his little six meter store uh, out in North Riding customers were coming to him late at night and asking for weird and wonderful pizzas. What's the strangest one you've heard? Oh, very very crazy ones. Smarties with Palmer ham, uh, avocado, crazy crazy. Jeez, in I fact we've had a few customers that have ordered every single topping available on our menu. And how many are there? How many how many toppings are available? I think from from memory it must be close to a hundred. A hundred toppings on a pizza. Please tell me there's a photo. Uh, we do have photos. Oh please share it. I would love to see it. I would love to know what it tastes and like. And I can tell you it was a day and it's happened a few times so oh, wow. I, I don't know I can't guarantee what what it tasted like. I, I'm not going to vouch for that. So was was uh, business part of daily dinner conversation or was it like forbidden? Yes, no, it definitely was. Uh, I owe my, my knowledge, my entrepreneurial spirit to my dad. He, he instilled that into me. Okay, so uh, a big part of business at the end of the day, besides finding your passion and your why, is to generate profit and to hire people. So speaking about money, what was your first memory of money as a child? Or how old were you when you earned your first rand pocket money or creating something? I was still at school and my dad uh, bought a, one of the businesses that he owned was the, the itinerant amusement parks. I don't know if you recall the amusement park that went to the rand show, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh, yes. Durban Beachfront, okay. the Cape Show. So I traveled around the country and whilst I was at school in, I think it was grade six, grade seven, that's primary uh, school. That's primary school. We used wow. to go to the show and, and work. The, oh, okay. I, I don't think you can do that these days. There's the label. Or, what, I, what were you doing at that age? I would, were you selling I wouldn't, tickets? Or? I wouldn't change anything. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't about the money, uh -huh. but it, it gave me an insight into to how businesses operate. Okay. So do you remember uh, with your first paycheck, what did you do with it? My first real paycheck was... Uh, 
when I had completed uh, my army training. Okay. Um, I entered into my father's business, which was uh, a retail shopping center in Midrand, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I paid my rent. You paid your rent? Okay, wise man. I was expecting I spent it on this or girlfriend or wife or whatever, but spend it on rent. Very sensible man. Well, I came out of the army and I got married, uh, I think, a week later. Oh, wow. So I had responsibilities. <laughs> okay. And then um, as, as a busy uh, as, as owner and, and franchisor, t- t- take us to your daily routine. What time do you, do you get up and what's the first thing you do well, when you get up? Being a 24-hour business, is a business there are some, some evenings where I sleep maybe two or literally two to three hours. Wow. Even, even now? Even, even the, now. Even the business established? Even the business established. We're Wh- very, why? We are very hands-on. Um, just, uh, you know, I am also running another business. So... I try and split my time between both businesses, but I enjoy what I'm doing. It's uh, it's not very taxing, but uh, but enjoyable, a lot of fun. So no two days are ever the same. You don't really have a routine then. We do have routine. So there's I'm obviously based at the head office, uh-huh. and uh, I see to main to to most of the the administration functions of the business, dealing with franchisees, uh, lease agreements, landlords. Um, so yeah, it's very very diverse and very different every day. Yesterday was very unique, obviously, with what's happening in South mm. Africa mm. So, and, and in the world. So you do you do you find time to read? Do you enjoy reading? I do read a little bit, not much, uh, but casual reading. Very difficult for me to get a book and and uh, finish and it without any, any yes, interruptions. With, yes. Okay, and then do you find time to exercise? Do you find time to quiet your mind? What do you do when you have a bad day? I, I walk a lot with my wife, so we, we walk around our area, find that very relaxing. Um, and I spend a lot of time with my family. Family for me is the core of my life. I have four children and blessed with uh, four grandchildren and one on the way, so we try and spend as much time as we can as a family. So Jerome, I believe you have two boys, two girls, and not all of them are involved. So tell us uh, who's involved and who's not involved in the business. My eldest daughter assists me in the, in the office, in the head office. My uh, my eldest son is finalizing his studies to become a plastic surgeon. And I'm very fortunate to have my younger son, Daniel, as the chief financial officer. He's a chartered accountant and he's added a tremendous amount of value to the business. Did you, so the two children are in the business, um, did you try to rope them in or how did that happen? Definitely not. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happened naturally. I think that we work well together. Um, I think there's strict boundaries. Uh, the fact that I'm not the sole owner of the business sets those boundaries. There's uh, my partner involved. so. They came into the, the business with full knowledge that, that they need to add value. Okay. So do you do you have a lunch with your children um, at, at work? Um, you create your own pizza and you talk, guys talk about strategy or is that not a... No, I don't. Do, there's no formal lunch. We, it's very casual and uh, we eat when we get a, get a chance to eat. Uh-huh. Um, spend time with my family at home and, uh, and that's when we... We spend good quality time together and, and on the weekends. Okay, and then uh, when it comes to you and Charlie, do you does do you guys have let's say Monday meetings? Uh, every Monday you have set meeting. They say you look at targets or you look at strategy. How does it work? We have regular meetings, so we we group together uh, not on set days when necessary, but it's more than likely at least three or four times a week. 
we meet together with our chief financial officer to strategize. Um, but then we have meetings with, with, with all our, our, our team members, marketing, HR, all our area managers, senior managers, and those meetings are regular weekly meetings. Okay. And when necessary, sometimes two or three times a week. You mentioned the word finance a lot of times, a, a few times. So for you as a business owner, what is the most important financial figures and why? The most important uh, f- financial figure for me is your return on your investment. Okay. So uh, in today's uh, hospitality restaurant industry, I find that many um, new entrepreneurs are coming into the business and overcapitalizing. What does that mean, overcapitalizing? They're spending too much on the setup of the, of the store. Okay. So, and that's one key like area. Like the decor and the... The shop fitting. Okay. To get, to get the, co- the, the store up and running. Mm. And that's also one of the key areas that attracted me to the model. It's very simple and uh, very cost effective to open up the store. Our stores average out complete turnkey operation at approximately 1.5 million rand per store. Uh, that's inclusive of that. And obviously, the lower your setup costs, the greater the opportunity to get a return on your investment. Mm. But there are a whole lot of other financial factors that play a role. A key one, definitely, is the rental that you pay. Um, over the past five to ten years, rentals have have, have become they've, they've escalated, and, and they, electricity costs obviously utility costs have have increased uh, exponentially. So, how long are the normal lease you sign with the landlord? We we sign a five-year lease with a five-year option. Okay, so that's the general rule. So, during this five years, like you just said, the rental goes up. Are you allowed to negotiate? Because this is a very common thing. You sign a five-year lease. Does it mean that this is it? You can't negotiate the rental. Uh, if you asked me this question three years ago, yes, not possible. A landlord would have laughed at you. In the current economic climate. Landlords are a lot more receptive to negotiation, um, and if they want uh, retailers to stay in business, they need to be open to that negotiation. That's good to know. So your normal stores are anything from 33 to 100 square meters. Is that is that correct? 33 square meters is our smallest store, and our largest is approximately 140 square meters. It's our store in Norwood. Okay. Uh, why that store the biggest? Why, why exactly? That's what the landlord had available and wasn't prepared to to cut the shop up, so we took it, and it was a it was the right decision because it's one of our better performing stores. Okay, and I believe you're opening a store in Cape Town. We've opened in Cape Town. We opened in September of 2019 in Greenpoint, okay. and uh, right now that store is our best performing store in the group. Out of all of them? Out of all of them. Why I, do you think it's so? I think it's also the, the honeymoon phase, as we call it. Mm. Um, the only, the only Andicho 24 store in Cape Town. It's also high season in Cape Town, which is great. Um, and I think, we, as I said earlier, we have a unique product. We have u, uh, unique USPs that, that, uh, that set us aside from everyone else. The USPs being the 24 hours, um, which is very different to everyone else. The delivery model that we implemented long before third-party delivery partners came onto the market and as us as we spoke about earlier the ability to create your own pizza mm. okay so there's two questions i want to ask about that because i was thinking about this yesterday how do you control stock because some stores might have more um, requests for smarties or something like that 
or some stores might request more salami. I mean, take us through the systems and process. How do you know? I mean, because these things need to be fresh and you open for 24 hours. How does the logistic work? Very interesting question. And again, this is one of the aspects of the business that appealed to me. We, we don't have any kitchens in any of our stores. The back area of the store is purely a storage area and a scullery area. Uh, we have a central kitchen and distribution center in every geographic area that we open up our stores. And that central kitchen prepares all the product that is distributed to all the stores daily. So every one of our stores receives fresh stock seven days of the week. Um, the stock that they receive is portioned into individual plastic containers. So if you're ordering olives uh, or mushrooms, they're in a separate container. There's uh, consistency of, of quality and quantity. There's a lower risk of cross-contamination and it works very well. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And uh, so right now there's Haltang, there is Cape Town. But if there's people in other provinces that we want the company there, what would you say? Well, we're going to be there in the near, near future. We're looking to have a national footprint. We, uh, we've got plans in KZN uh, and other provinces as well. But our focus after establishing the Western Cape would be uh, KZN and then the Eastern Cape, Free State, and, and as I said, all the provinces in South Africa. And we are busy at, the, at, at present opening our first international store in Dubai. Very excited about it, very challenging at the moment with what's happening in the world with uh, the virus. Uh, but we hope to open in about two to three months time in Dubai. Great. Jerome Curry, the man with big plans and big ideas. Thank you so much. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Charles. Good to be here. This podcast was brought to you by NetBank. Stay tuned for more on franchising or search NetBank Franchising for valuable information. See money differently. NetBank.